For the past few weeks on the Friday episode of The Breakfast Show, we've been opening up the airwaves for what I've been calling an after-party. That after-party was designed to give our audience an opportunity to join me on the show live. Now, normally the contents of the after-party is just some random chat, but today's show was different. Uh, On today's show, I was joined by Rich Woods of Band of Builders, a charitable organisation that is now turning its attention to combating the scourge of mental health issues that are impacting the UK construction industry. Richie's contribution was insightful and thought-provoking, and his message and the message behind the Band of Builders Big Brew initiative needs to be shared. So on this occasion, we've actually recorded it. We get to talking about the Big Brew soon enough, but I started by asking Rich about Band of Builders. Uh, I Well, I'm here uh, as part of Band of Builders, which is a, a UK construction industry charity um, that's been around for about five or six years now. Um, and predominantly, they help uh, people in the construction sector or associated with the construction sector when the worst happens. Um, life-altering ter- uh, conditions, terminal diagnosis and things like that. And what, what we do day in, day out is we go in and we make practical adjustments to people's homes. So it might be installing wheelchair ramps, it might be putting in accessible bathrooms, it might be completely renovating um, the house uh, for a young girl who's got a skin condition that, that uh, you know, means that she, she can't live in a, in a normal space. But uh, I'm here specifically this morning to talk about the Big Brew, which is our new campaign that launches at the beginning of October um, and is all about mental health in the construction sector. Um, Based on some pretty startling uh, facts around an estimated two suicides a day in the sector, 400,000 lost days to mental health um, at a cost to the construction sector of about £37 billion. Um, We've been working on this and this has been an idea that the, the volunteers that's actually come from our volunteer team um, a number of years ago and we've been trying to find the right the right way to launch this um, the big brew is two things it's a campaign uh, and it's a set of services so the campaign is about how we're going to raise our money and how we're going to start a conversation in the trade about mental health uh, and the services is what we're going to roll out over the next year and it's going to carry on going so that we can better support the trade and we can provide the right links, the right services, the right support to those who, who find themselves in need. Um, but it starts, as you quite rightly said, it starts with a cup of tea um, or coffee or beverage, um, whatever you choose. I've, I've got my, li- my little cup here. Cheers, um, Richard. Cheers. Um, oh, better sip. And that is what we're encouraging people to do, is from the 1st to the 15th of October this year, we want people to find their local Big Brew. We we definitely want people to sign up to host a Big Brew as well. Um, But we want everyone to come together, get the kettle on and have a chat and talk about mental health and start that conversation. Whilst we're at it, we're going to do a few other things along the way. Uh, Ask people to put a couple of of coins in in the coffers to help us roll those services out. But it's a bit a really good point for us to start that conversation um, so i think that the way that we're doing that is quite is quite light touch it's the way that most of the trade are used to are used to engaging which is in builders merchants it's with suppliers um, it's going to be across the country already so in the first two weeks we've already signed up i think close to 150 events um, that are going to roll out across that, that first two weeks um, 
And that means that wherever you go, you're going to be able to kind of walk into a builder's merchant and see the stand, grab a cup of tea, and then you'll be able to kind of access what we've got on offer there and then learn more as we go through as we go through the year. There's, there's two things that strike me about this. I mean, the f- first of all, um, just to explain to um, everyone why why you're why you're on this show in particular, we we started to do this extended show probably five or six weeks ago uh, on a Friday, um, and I've been referring to it as an after party. But an after party sends kind of suggests something way more exciting than half past ten in the morning with a cup of coffee in your hand. Um, so I've been looking for an alternative name. And when I saw the big brew, that seemed like a perfect perfect name for the after show. It also seemed like a, a very good initiative. And I think the thing that really struck me about it is it's such, such a British solution to a problem. Because, you know, have a cup of tea and wait for this to all blow over. That That's the way Brits work, isn't it? It's, it is. And it's when you talk to, to Peter, who's uh, Peter Cape, who's run out a load of our services and, and has sort of designed a lot of, of the support we're going to, it was predicated on on the idea that actually people open up over a cup of tea. It's about giving enough, a little bit more dwell time than a simple uh, kind of how you doing. Oh, you're just buying, you know, buying something in the merchant or checking in with someone. Um, and the longer we can hold those conversations, the longer we can create what we call a permissive environment, which is just an open space um, to be able to talk. And it doesn't have to be an open half, it just has to be a free space to talk, um, the better off we could be. Um, and we produced alongside that a load of um, a load of other sort of support items that you can be used on the day to make sure that that's, uh, that that's a really good space for people to start their conversations. I think it's really important for me to say that this isn't designed, the Big Brew is not designed to be a great big intense mental health chat. It's just the start, it's just the opening gambit in our in our services. So don't be worried about hosting a Big Brew and thinking that you've got to have you know a counsellor there or anything like that. In some of our some of our partners, they're using their mental health first aid trainers, uh, first aiders to host big brews, but in other places we're providing all of the things. So we're providing um, things like support cards and um, leaflets, which give you access to all of the different um, all of the different services we're running. Support cards, I think, are really important. They're just a little business card that opens up, but on the inside is three three spaces where you can write down three the names of three people that you could turn to for support so again just while you're having a cup of tea you can really think about what your personal support network looks like how you know people quite close to you or you know where where you could get that support from in in the first instance and just having that card knocking around in the van or in your wallet can really help um kind of galvanize that that idea of going and asking for support Beyond that, because I, I, I think that that is one of the key challenges that we have in in construction and demolition. You you got particularly when you've got people that are working away from home. You know they're they're away from husbands, wives, you know, parents, GP. And, you know their their support network is often a long way away, and you know they can be working away five days a week they could be working away for even longer than that you know it, it is I've, I've described it in the past as a perfect storm you know you you've got you've got the the potential threat of you know job security although that does seem to be slightly better at the moment uh, because there is a bit of a boom going on but threats of job security you never know where the next pound note's coming from and you're away from the people that you would normally t- turn to in your in your hour of need 
So, I, I, as I say, any any initiative. So, you know, we've we've covered sort of mates in mind before, but I think this, taking this down to real grassroots level, because I'm always concerned with these things with uh, mental health. The fact that th- this is, I wouldn't say it's a bandwagon because that's that's really unfair of me to say so. But you know, the, I think lots of people or lots of companies have have jumped aboard that bandwagon and, and said, you know, we we are, you know, we've got mental health awareness people, we've got a mental health first aiders and that kind of thing. But the real message needs to get down to the guys on site because they're the ones that are the most likely to to be impacted, aren't they? You're you're absolutely bang on. We've seen a, a, a big change. You know, the the big the big companies have turned around and, and kind of sorted out sorted out their mental health approach and the mental health support. Um, and that has therefore pushed a lot of the pressure down the supply chain uh, and certainly down out towards you know suppliers and sole traders and, and small small organizations. Um, what I will say is the response from the big companies to this idea and this concept has been phenomenal. Um, you know, we have we have Residio who have come on board to, to headline headline sponsor the uh, the whole campaign, and without them we couldn't without them seeing the potential in this straight off and just saying yes, absolutely, you do what you need to do, and we're there for you. Um, we couldn't have got this off the ground in the way that we have. So um, we've got we've got Residio who have, who have led from the front, but also the rest of Band of Builders um, current current partners have all rallied round. In an incredible way, Juson, Dewalt, Talisi, um, they've all kind of really recognised the importance uh, of, of mental health and they're, they're pushing as much as they can to, to get out to every other facet of the construction sector at the same time. So you're, you are right, and that's why we're putting this message into these particular spaces. Peter tells the story of when he was, when he was uh, working that oftentimes if he was working on his own, he might only speak to the branch manager or someone within the branch at his builder's merchant in the week. That was the only contact he had. So we're trying to bring that that relationship, and those relationships are really important. It's you know, where everyone does most of their business when they're not just on site. So those relationships are so important, and we can grow those and we can utilise those to actually put better mental health into the, the, the vast majority of the trade where they're out on their own. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was made aware of, of this um, from a press release uh, which suggested that Band of Builders and uh, the Big Brew Initiative was reaching out to other sectors. So in my case, specifically demolition, but I'm guessing you're targeting roofers and scaffolders and, and everybody else as well. I've, 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 I can link to, I think I can, um, I think I can probably put it up on the screen. So that's what the website looks like. I've actually put a link to um, the Big Brew part of the Band of Builders website in the chat. But how do people actually get involved? What do they need to do to, to help support this and, and take part in it? So there's, there's two things. There's hosting and there's um, and there's attending. And that's, that's as kind of core as it gets. If someone wants to host a Big Brew, um, and doesn't matter where you can you could do it on site you could do it in the merchant you could do it as a supplier you could do it in your front room um, all you need to do is on that on that website that you just put up there's a link to our registration page once you register for your big brew we'll take care of the rest we'll send you all the information you need there's opportunities to, to uh, get packs sent out to you so that you can we've got something called a big brew in a box and that does what it says on the box which is you know all of your assets your t-shirts and your mugs they all come out the box ready for the day with um, with a load of support material in there so you can just open the box and get cracking. 
We've also made as much of our uh, of our materials available to download on that website as well. So we don't want you know uh, costs and, and ordering materials to be a barrier to entry to this. So everything's available as PDFs. Everything's available for people to print themselves or get ordered themselves. Um, and we'll be kind of rolling out as much as we can uh, in the run up. Once they've registered, we'll we'll keep them informed as to how everything's going, and the uh, the platform that we're using will be live just before we start, um, so sort of end of September, and that will mean that everyone can see all the big brews that are going on across the two weeks. They'll be able to um, look at look at which organisations are doing it, so they might get an idea. There's also posters on our pack, which will show which will be up in stores very soon, um, so you'll start to see are kind of big partners and, and some of our main supporters actually getting these posters up so you'll all start to see that as well and that's the that's the key if you want to host register if you want to attend just find out where your nearest big brew is they'll be on the site and they'll be on the social media and get ready to pop down and have a chat and a cup of tea fantastic stuff now uh, you've just seen uh, you you probably saw peter on the show earlier peter does run a very very successful and a very very good podcast actually it looks like you've got an invite to join him on that as well so um you've clearly made it the, the pair of you have clearly made an impact uh, our friend nick drew over at digger man blob has just posted this and and i've got to say um i i agree with him wholeheartedly um uh, individuals get a black hat um and they they can turn into a bully overnight and and you know, I've tended to pick up on on the the job facing maybe women in the industry who can often be given a hard time. But we all know, you know, the the initiation ceremonies that young guys go through when they when they arrive on site. And and while a lot of that is has traditionally been good natured banter, some of that I, I think is is very close to bullying and harassment and humiliation. But it runs deeper than that, doesn't it? You know, you, I, I've worked with bosses in the past. I mean, I, I remember specifically on the first magazine I worked on, the first editor I had was one of those arms around the shoulder in encouraging. He was very much the carrot merchant. And then the next editor who replaced him basically just shouted and swore and stamped his feet and banged his hands on the desks. I, I would have walked over hot coals for the first one. The second one, I'd have cheerfully pushed him out of a bloody window, you know. So I, I think, you know, I, I, I've said, you know, I think the, the mental health um, message needs to go down. But, but it is those, those guys, you know, something like a, 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 a mental health first aider, you know, may not be one for every site. You know, you, that message has got to get through to the middle management. So the, the site managers and the project managers who are there day in, day out and keeping an eye on things. You know, because they will be the first response, won't they? And it is... Well, it's part of what we're rolling out. I think the, the initial number that we've got, uh, we're targeting, is 300 or um, at least 300 free places on Mental Health First Aid courses. Um, that's in partnership with Mental Health First Aid England. Um, and that, that's a really core cool part, is actually getting that knowledge right down um, across, across you know, the whole of the sector. We've also tried to, to create um, or Peter has created a, an acronym that we're hoping is going to be sticky enough to, to keep people going. So we're asking people to remember their stats, S-T-A-T-S. Um, and I've written it down because I keep getting the, uh, the order wrong, the S's in the wrong order. Support each other, talk about it, always ask twice, take it seriously and stop the cycle. And actually, if we keep repeating those, those things and they're going out, you know, that stats is going out across all of our... Uh, all of our material, 
you can actually start to reframe some of that um, some of that negativity that can happen lower down on site and you can really start to understand the effect that it will have on, on people um, the the kind of laddish view that comes out on, on especially across social media and, and, and the, the hazing and the, the it is bullying um, on site is part is part of the history of the trade it doesn't mean it has to be part of the trade and it doesn't mean that it has to change who the, the the construction sector is it just means that it, it needs to be aware of the effect that that can have and how that's brought into how you know banter and how fun is actually brought onto site in an effective and, and positive way no you're, you're totally right as i say it, it is it is something that, that really does need to be addressed and one of the things that, that, that struck me about this, and I've just realised I'm not on the screen, so I'm just a, a disembodied voice. One of the things that struck me about this is I regularly receive press releases from um, demolition and construction companies who have granted awards um, for safety initiatives. You know, somebody has, has spotted a potential fault, reported it to their boss, and 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 has got a trophy or a, you know a, a Marks and Spencer's gift voucher. I've not yet seen, and maybe I've just not been looking hard enough, I've not yet seen that applied to mental health. You know, some somebody actually winning an award for putting his arm around the shoulder of one of his colleagues or, you know, speaking to his boss that one of his, his, his mates is, is struggling a bit. There's another initiative, isn't there? It's, it? That's absolutely it. And when you look at um, the HSC stats, and it's 55% of those, of those uh, days lost, uh, across the sector, those four hundred thousand days—that's that's mental health based. So the no no end of kind of pure health and safety or, or accident prevention is going to stop that fifty-five percent. Um, and that that's where it needs it needs to be a holistic view of you know, people's health. Mental health affects directly um, people's ability to to work, to perform, to keep each other safe, and especially on site. You know, indeed, I mean, blimey, when we talk about demolition, you know, it's incredibly important. Stuff, stuff will happen. People will get hurt if if we're not caring holistically for that human being. And that's where that's where mental health is just so incredibly important. And, and the, I'm going to let you go in a second because I'm, I'm sure you've got better things to do than to be sat here chatting to me. But one of the things that strikes me with this, and, and you just pointed it out, you know, we find ourselves in the midst of a nationwide, an international actually, almost a global skill shortage. You know, we're really, really struggling for people. All the time that people are taking time off work for stress or mental health issues, we're exacerbating our own problem, aren't we? You know, for the for the sake of of going that extra mile and being a bit more of a caring industry, we could at least partly address our own skill shortage by just keeping people in work, couldn't we? I mean, what 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 could we achieve with an extra four hundred thousand days a year? Quite a lot, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, would it would it be a skill shortage if you if you've added that that number of days back into the into the industry, or would we have the time to support young people coming into the sector? Give them the, the the training, the interest, the qualifications that they need, um, and then build build them in to have a really long, positive career in in any facet of the sector, or in fact across loads of them. Um, you know, when I when I started out and I was I was doing driveways when I was fifteen and sixteen, um, we I went I went from there I went to, to roofing and then to, to renovations and things like that, and that was that was a brilliant kind of base. For, for me for the for the rest of my life I haven't stayed in the sector but 
I tell you what, I've, I've used that for the rest of my life and actually having that opportunity to be in there and be in a positive environment and learn all those skills, there couldn't be anything better. So let's, let's put those 400,000 back into our sector and therefore give young people the chance to experience really quality, supported entries into the, into the whole construction um, arena. You're an absolute star, Rich. I, I do appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm going to throw this up one more time. That's where people can find it. If you look in the chat, you will actually be able to find a direct link to that. Um, we will be following this uh, as things develop and, and has, as the launch takes place. It's the end of the month or beginning of next, isn't it? It is. Uh, so we'll, we're live. We're live from. I think the first uh, big brew is actually scheduled for the first of October. I don't know if we might. We might sneak one in beforehand, but you never. You never know. Um, and they are going on beyond as well. So don't let the first two weeks be the barrier. That's going to be where a lot of the hype, but we've actually got um, partners and, and uh, people um, hosting right on until the 20th and 25th. And keep a lookout for a band of builders or any of our partners at any trade shows as well. We're at Tool Fair right now. Um, and uh, as, along with DeWalt as well, um, all kind of pitching in, marketing the big brew, telling people about it and getting, uh, getting the word out there. Fantastic. Rich, look, I really appreciate you being here. I think it's a fantastic initiative. Uh, as as a result of your your good thinking and, and Peter's great thinking, um, this part of the show from here on in, every Friday, will be the Big Brew. Um, we're going to sign up um, to get our, what, what did you call it, the Big Brew box? Big Brew in a box or something? Oh, uh, we can get the egg. We'll get you the Big Brew in a box. Big, you, you had me at Big Brew to be perfectly honest, but Big Brew in a box sounds even better still. So um, that's fantastic. I'll be signing up to that after the show. Uh, Rich, you get on with your day job. Good luck with the initiative. Um, and, and well, you know, on behalf of the rest of the industry, thanks for, for actually taking the initiative. I think it's very, very worthwhile. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. All the best. Cheers. Right, so I've actually posted uh, a link to uh, the show in the chat now. If anybody else has got anything they would like to share, if you want to come on the show, um, you are free to do so. Um, I'm going to go and check the comments and see what everyone's got to say for themselves. Um, well said, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do say it, it was one of those that, that just leapt off the page at me. Um, I think the term brew was probably what attracted me first because I do like me a cup of tea. Um, but that is, it is the British way. You know, that's that's how we tend to, you know, that's it got us through two world wars. I'm sure it can get us through a, a mental health crisis as well. Um, I mentioned earlier the fact that um, on Sunday over on Instagram TV, we'll be dropping um, our No Agenda show that we recorded back on Wednesday. And that was on um, the skill shortage that is currently impacting the industry. And as, as Rich has, has rightly said just now, you know, we're losing 400,000 odd days to um, mental health issues, stress and mental health issues. Um, and that that doesn't actually come up. I, I wish I'd known that before I started babbling on Wednesday. But one thing that does come up is the fact that we've got um, a lot of young women um, that should be invited to join this industry and, and encouraged to join the industry. 51% of the uh, of the population, and we are still, to a fairly large degree, alienating them with the way that we uh, we operate. We could help solve that uh, skill shortage problem, as, as Richard just said, by putting our arm around each other and being a little bit more caring, but also being a little more inviting to, uh, to the female of the species as well. Um, 
Peter actually mentioned the fact that Highways England has, has just announced a big spend. We also reported earlier this week, I think it was back on Monday, the fact that the industry is staring down the barrel of a £650 billion pounds, um, infrastructure pipeline that's planned for the next decade, all of which sound fantastic. And I'm, I'm fairly sure when that was announced, you, if you'd listened closely, you'd have heard the collective sound of hands being rubbed together throughout the, uh, the construction sector. But to make that happen apparently we need to come up with get this 425,000 new workers within three years i reported this week that um hs2 has recruited or or has created and recruited 20,000 workers in the past year now if you think about the the background to hs2 hs2 has had royal assent it's had government backing it's been the subject of huge publicity, not all of it good, but huge publicity. Um, the likes of Lynch and Flannery, who I know Peter has reported on both of those, are, are really gunning for training people. Um, I know the HS2 companies themselves are, are doing exactly the same thing. I think HS2 has had all the cards stacked in its favour in terms of recruitment, and it's come up with 20,000 people. We've got to come up with 21 times that many. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, I, Nick, I, I take your point, and I, I've said this before, and I, I think we, we've got, there's a lot of things that I'd like to say on this. I think first and foremost is the fact that we, we've kind of made our own bed. Um, we, we've been using the same systems of recruitment for, uh, in my experience, 32, 33 years They've not worked. You know, we've, we've had a skill shortage literally every single year of my 30-plus year career. Um, we've never fixed it. And, and it is the Einstein thing. You know, we keep doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome is, is the, um, the very definition of insanity. We, we know that. I think the other point as well is because we failed to engage with the smarter people coming out of schools, colleges, and universities to a, a fairly large degree. I think we've we've got ourselves a situation now where those that fail or do not perform well at school traditionally have had effectively two choices. They either join the armed services or they become a labourer. We need to break that cycle. I know Rich was speaking about breaking the cycle in terms of mental health, and I totally agree, but I think we need to break that cycle, and and, and we need to show people, young people in particular, the fact that construction is not all sight boots, hard hats, and mud, and smelly toilets. There's way more to it. I I mean, I've not listened back to it, so I'm only doing this from memory. I'm fairly sure that I actually said in my No Agenda show that when you look at, I'm thinking about a demolition company here, if a demolition company employs, let's say, 100 people, chances are 40 of those, at least 40 of those, won't own a pair of sight boots. They won't own a, a hard hat. They will never actually get their their hands dirty. They're behind the scenes and they're driving computers. Young children or young people are good at that. They're creating 3D animations. Young people are good at that. They're doing social media marketing. Young people are bloody good at that. So there's all these opportunities that we're not actually shouting about. And Peter, you're absolutely right. Again, I, I, and I'm, I'm start, I am starting to repeat myself now. But one of the things that I made, that one of the points I made is, we do need ambassadors, but not this type. 
look at me. You know, I, as I mentioned earlier, my, my face is like a bag of spanners. I've got a grey beard. I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my teeth. I'm an old fart. If I were a 13, 14, 15-year-old boy or girl looking for a career, I am not taking any notice of this guy. This guy is past it. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's completely disengaged with young people of today. What we need is, uh, I've, I've mentioned her before, you know, people like Katie Kelleher in the, in the crane hire business, you know, young people, you know, a, a woman or a, a young woman who is a young woman. You know, she hasn't, she doesn't have to be blokey. She is not one of the lads, although she can F and blind with the best of them. She's not one of the lads. She's a girly girl. But she's a girly girl who drives a crane. She drives a crane with um, pedicured fingernails and and or manicured fingernails, should I say, and pink hair. You know, she can be a girly girl in a male environment, and she does it very, very well. She's not alone. There are lots of others. I know Peter's had one or two um, very, very um, intelligent and very well thought of uh, young women on his podcast. I know Nick's inter- interviewed several as well. They are out there. But I would say the same about skills as I would say about mental health. This is not a thing that we need to do, you know, once a year at the NEC hold a, a skills show where the where construction and demolition is competing for young people alongside the likes of Google and Apple. It's not a once a year thing. Same as mental health. We there has been a, a World National Suicide Awareness Day. There's been a Mental Health Awareness Day. All of those are fantastic. But this is every single day. You know, and not every single day. It's every single hour. You know, people are struggling for one reason or another every single day, every single minute of every day. So they need to be. This needs to be an ongoing fight. And, and in terms of skills. I know we tend to ramp things up around about this time of year because we've got young people that are coming into um, the job market. Um, well, I mean, actual fact, we would have ramped it up a little while ago because people are coming back. You know, what would have been the end of a school term? They're now free to work. They've had their summer holiday and they're coming into the workspace. But grabbing them once a year or, or, you know, getting them after the winter break as well, that's not enough. And, and waiting for people to get to career age is not soon enough. You know, we need to engage with people or young people at five and six. You know, they need to be exposed to construction and demolition and all the allied industries right the way through their career. Uh, Louise Carley was on the uh, on the No Agenda show with me on uh, on Wednesday, and she she laughingly said, "I you know did you did I use the trigonometry that I I learned at school? I have never used trigonometry. I to this day I'm not entirely sure quite why I was taught it." But what I would have appreciated would have been taught how to manage money and taught an actual job. Um, nobody taught me this job. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> learned it, if you can call it that. I learned it by trial and error. My job is easy. You know, if, if I make a mistake, I, I spell somebody's name wrong. If somebody makes a mistake in construction or demolition, people die. So we need we need to engage with people at a very, very young age and, and to see them right the way through their career. Think about football. You've now got major football teams who are signing up um, prospects of seven, eight, nine years old. Now, I'm not suggesting that we, you know, construction companies, I'm not suggesting the Belfort Beatty go and raid you know, the, the primary schools for, you know, their, their future site managers, but at least engage and engage more than once a year um, and, and and remind people of exactly what is out there. And and I, I just touched on this with Rich. 
money. Money drives business, and money most certainly drives construction and demolition. You know, it's all very well to sit here and say, oh, you know, we've got a skill shortage and we need to address it, all of which sounds pretty damn dull. But you imagine we get to the situation where there's £650 billion of government money sat there waiting for somebody to spend it, but we've got nobody to do the work. And yet we can cure that. We can cure that just by, you know, an industry-wide initiative. And unfortunately, it is going to be industry. Um, I think, I mean, the construction industry training board has just been granted another three years. Um, you can make of that what you will. I can't say I'm overly enamoured with it. Um, but that goes back to the Einstein thing. You know, we, we've relied on the CITB to deliver sufficient people and people of sufficient quality for decades. It's never happened. We, we need, and, and, and unfortunately, I mean, I, I think we are seeing this now. You, when you look at HS2, you know, the real drive of recruitment on HS2 has been down to the contractors and, and very specifically, actually, the plant hirers and uh, the ground working companies that are actually supplying the equipment. You know, they, they've, I think they've realised amongst themselves or, or possibly individually that they can't rely on industry to deliver the people they need. So they're about to go out and find them themselves. That's fine, and, and I think that should be encouraged. But where is where is the united message? Where is that consistent message? You know, rather than Balfourbeaty going in one direction, Bam going in another, and Mace going in a completely different one, would it not be better to have effectively a, a construction curriculum? It's probably not the right word, but you know, just a unified message that goes to schools and colleges. And, and you know, and it's set for different levels. You know, so so here's something that a five year old will be able to grasp. Here's something that a, an eight year old might be able to grasp. Here's something that somebody going to senior school will be able to grasp. And keep engaging, and keep engaging, and keep engaging, because otherwise we end up with the situation that Nick described so so clearly earlier. We end up with effectively having to fight amongst ourselves for those that did not do well at school um it's it's wrong you know i mean there, there will be issues in there that, that are not purely educational but i've referred to those those people as the dregs we don't want the dregs we want the 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 young dynamic people that are going to steer this industry this exciting and innovative industry into the future peter picked up on this earlier and he, he referenced his own um son lucas that's there is a very valid point there of, of all the people out there at the moment that are doing the most and are caring the most about the environment you'd have to say it's gen z it's the millennials it's the younger people there is no industry more tuned and more attuned to protecting the environment than demolition there really isn't they they recycle 98 percent of everything they produce by and large in this country that is an example to every single industry sector and that that should be a selling point to young people looking for a career you know join join an industry where you've got a clearly defined career path with competence cards and, and promotions and, and, and escalating pay rate pay rates and join an industry that is safeguarding the environment by re recycling more than any comparable industry <laughs>